Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to experience a grace that heals. Allow this grace to take your life and your relationships to another level as it frees you from the weight of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode as Joel Groh and Lynn Wilder share encouraging stories and candid dialogue that can help you experience a grace that heals. Welcome to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. I'm Lynn Wilder. And I'm Joel Grote. And, and we have a guest we today. We do. It's so much fun <laughs> to have somebody to talk to and hear their story. Janice is one of the favorite people, actually, that I've talked to over the last couple of years, partly because once her heart became open to the gospel, she just totally embraced it and went down that so cool Janice welcome and and tell us how this started for you your sixth generation LDS yes right so yeah so as I was keenly reminded as I told my parents that I've decided to follow biblical Jesus and biblical historical Christianity my ancestors harken back to Nauvoo so wow okay um this is all I've ever known is Mormonism it's um something I never even wanted to doubt. It's who I was, it's something I worked very hard for, poured everything I had into, and it was exhausting. I remember I remember waking up yeah. tired, constant, everyday repenting, and what else can I do, and what else can I repent of, and do better, and give more, and who else is there to call and minister to, and um, what about this calling and that calling, multiple callings usually at a time. And mm. um, I just remember going home from church year after year, Sunday after Sunday, just wondering what am I doing wrong because I'm not getting thing, getting what I need out of it. And I was recognizing that I should be spiritually fed and I was going home frustrated, and mm. it was automatically me, you know. Yeah. Right, because yeah. within performance-based religion, it is always your fault. Yeah. You know, yeah. what sin have I not remembered to repent of? Or, <laughs> yeah. or, you know, how else can I better prepare? Or maybe I should fast, or whatever. And mm-hmm. um, that, unfortunately, placed in me kind of a seeker mode, and that brought me to a lot of things that I probably shouldn't have been reading, um, a lot of Eastern mysticism, Gnosticism type of things, and um, Kundalini Yoga, mm-hmm. and a lot of these brought answers and a lot of temporary relief, um, a lot of temporary peace. I remember the yoga would completely heal my fatigue for a day. If I didn't keep up, it was back to baseline. So wow. kind of like performance-based. It, it was another performance-based <laughs> yeah. religion. I didn't have enough performance-based religion, so I had to add a second one. <laughs> so um, the first one was, you know, not making me righteous enough. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I look back and I, I can see why I was exhausted. And um, there's a thought in Mormonism that comes from an early quote of Joseph Smith that all truth in the world belongs to Mormonism. And so that was kind of my mm. ticket to like, okay, what else is there? Right, because um, if it's truth, then they shouldn't be against me finding it and adopting right. it. Right, basically. And so 
um, listeners will say, well, that's a stretch. I agree with that. But that's kind of where I was at that time. Well, when you're desperate. Yes. When, when you're working so hard mm-hmm. and nothing's working like it should right. and you can't figure out what, because it's one thing to go, okay, I know I'm doing this wrong. I need to fix it. It's like, I can't figure out what I'm doing wrong. So I don't even know where to start. Yeah, yeah. I need, I need the, the diagnosis. And there's no spiritual feeding, right? This right. this is not. I'm doing all the things I'm supposed to be doing, and it's not getting better. Then I was so frustrated. I I remember towards the end, I was in sacrament meeting and Sunday school and Relief Society, realizing I'm only hearing about Jesus in the prayers. I I had an amazing experience. I'd love to share. Um, and please do. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. And now our listeners are going, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we're ready. (laughs) So I found myself in a prayer very similar to other prayers I'd prayed. Uh, So I just want to emphasize for your listeners that this is nothing of myself. This is something I'd tried before, and I was still trying to bring my works to the table because this prayer sounded a lot like, God, I don't know you, and I don't know what I've not done enough. I don't know what I've not repented of. Mm. I don't know what else I need to sacrifice. God, just tell me what it is. Mm. Please, God. And it was like I could see an altar before me, which in my mind would represent I'm ready to sacrifice, God. Like, because that's very big in Mormonism, right? Yes. Like, whatever I need to put on the altar, God, it's yours. I was very committed to finding Jesus and that peace that is promised in the Bible and I knew that I didn't have it and this prayer even though I'd said similar things in the past this time was completely different I had um, a confrontation from the Holy Spirit in which um, the question posed to me was what if it's your religion and huge because I had never, I was not a doubting Mormon. I was not. I, in that moment, started to bear my testimony to God. I said, God, I know the religion of my church is true. This automatic testimony that we're, we grow mm-hmm. up bearing, that's what came out of my heart. Mm. And God said, can I show you your heart? And what I saw inside me in that moment looked like a golden idol. I was convicted in that moment of religious idolatry, blasphemy. I, all I knew is I wanted nothing to do with it. And so that brought me to repentance. God, please give me a new heart, um, whatever it takes. And that's all I could handle. Like, Wow. I, wow. I stepped away yeah. from that saying, God, whatever's next, um, that's okay. But. That, I'm good was, for now. That was it. That was it. That's all I could handle. Yeah. I, you know, just kind of like place that back on the shelf for a moment. I couldn't really comprehend um, what I had just been convicted of because religious idolatry was the furthest thing from my mind. Right. You know, in my, in my mind, I was being righteous. I was obeying the commandments. I was doing these rituals. I was going to church. I was keeping all the covenants and 
you were already checking off part all the of the one true, really only true yes. religion. Yes, so yeah. let me ask you, had you mm-hmm. had an experience with God previous to this where you felt like he had spoken to you? No, this was a first time and no. unusual, right? Unusual. I mean, I, I kind of hinted at my mystical background a little bit, and so uh-huh. um, this was unlike anything else. Ever. And so I didn't see anything other than that picture of my heart. It's not like I saw God. I'm not claiming right. that or yeah. anything. Yeah. But I genuinely, going back and reading the Bible, I genuinely believe that is the Holy Spirit's role to convict us and get us to repent right. and believe in the one true God of the Bible. So. Well, John says, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of justice. Truth and righteousness. Sin or and, yeah, justice, sin. sin, and righteousness. I think those three things. But what I noticed um, right away was um, I was seeing John 1 with new eyes right away. And so that was one of the first things, getting oh. into the Word and oh, seeing. So you started reading in John then? And another scripture, mm-hmm. it wasn't like I went through chronologically as I probably should have, but um, that was that was. Priority number one, heresy number one to correct, Jesus is God, always has been. Mm-hmm. Not a created being, not Satan's brother. Um, that was the very beginning of, well, I need to figure out what else I believe that's not true. Wow. And so um, that started me on quite a process. I remember reading for hours each night just trying to figure out. And it was scripture and then it was other people's commentary. So a lot of different online resources. I can't quote any or anything, but just a lot of putting pieces together of who says this about that, who says this about that. What So then the did you do some that? online researching then too as you, you went, okay, let's go find out. Up to that point, had you ever? No. <laughs> reading anti-Mormon <laughs> stuff is a sin. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's what I wondered if you, because it's um, it, that's typical for someone who's totally faithful. They won't yeah. even look at anything outside approved websites, and so. And yet, at some point, we connected. Yes. Um, yes. So, did you so with Lynn? right. So, um, I reached out to you, Lynn, after meeting your sons. Wow. So, where did you meet them? Did you end up at a concert? Uh-huh. Or? Yep. Well, God brings just yeah. what you need, doesn't he? Just and when you need it. That's what I needed in that moment because I knew that I believed in a biblical Christianity now, but I didn't know what that should look like for my life. Yeah. And um, I remember going to that concert. I remember talking to Joseph afterwards, and he was the one that was like, Janice, we hear so often that people that feel like Maybe there's supposed to be a light in a dark place or something, but he promised me that God wanted me in the body of Christ. And that was my first experience in a Christian church, that that concert. Okay. Um, I was able to find Pastor John shortly after that. That was another God moment. Um, I had tried attending a few other congregations that people had recommended and started kind of despairing. And I was really affected by, um, there's a saying in Mormonism that if you leave, where will you go? And that deeply affected me and um, I really, it really took me time to to find out 
you know, where I needed to go. But again, in desperation, I'm praying to God once more. And I'm like, God, where do you want me to go? And it was one of those moments I open up my phone, pick this one, and that's where I've been ever since. So. Wow. <laughs> and that's right here. Right here. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Redeemer, which is one of our favorites. Yeah. yeah. So God has been really good to me, really amazing. Miracle after miracle. So what so what's been your time frame? Just because I know that's mm-hmm. one thing people are interested in, you know. So sure. so from the time you pray, okay, God, what more? And he shows you from so from that kind of Holy Spirit breakthrough into your life. To where you like find a church? Yeah. How long is that? It was several months. Okay. Mm-hmm. And just so people don't feel like, yeah. if they have some sort of spiritual encounter with God, that they feel like this has to be an instant thing. Sometimes it takes time to sort stuff out. Well, and sometimes we actually suggest that folks just get in the Word for yes. a time before they even set foot in a Christian church because sometimes folks out of Mormonism have a tendency to just go from one legalism to another or go from one prophet to a pope or and totally miss this relationship with Jesus thing and that the Bible mm-hmm. is the Word, right? Yeah. Yeah, so exclusive time in the Word. I can't recommend it highly enough because when God gives you new eyes, you have to reread. <laughs> right. Did you have any particular books or passages that were especially helpful as people might be in? Mm-hmm. Because I'm guessing as people listen, there's going to be a certain number that go, wow, that's where I'm right now. Nothing's working. You mean this isn't my fault? You know, Janesh mm-hmm. just found. So where did she read? You know, what, so what did you, what was, what books were helpful in the Bible that you went yeah. to? Well, the New Testament is my favorite. Galatians changed my life. Mm. Um, yeah, great that letter. That book is all about freedom. And this was a freedom I'd never experienced before. And I didn't have a context for it or anything. And Galatians really painted that picture for me of exactly what this freedom in Christ looks like. Yeah. What a blessing. Um, I also love Ephesians and Romans. Okay. And John. John is amazing. <laughs> All right. Well, you just listed my top four. Okay. That I, <laughs> that I reckon. So that's that's fascinating. Um, and what of the message as you're reading, you already said that Galatians, the whole freedom thing. Yes. But what other themes that you ran into in the Bible just resonated with you? God used to refresh your life. Well, yeah. she also said Jesus was God. That's kind of the big place to start, yes. right? Jesus is yeah. God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Jesus is enough, and there's nothing that I add to that. Um, I, I'm able to fully trust that, and the sufficiency of Scripture is amazing. And exactly. And Jesus said, my burden is light, my yes. yoke is easy. So knowing that will and doing it is not something that puts huge weights on your shoulder. No, I, it's... It's like being fed over and over again. And um, like the woman at the well, never thirst again, never hunger again. Um, and just praising God for for that gift that comes without strings attached of anything that I could add or take away from it or anything. Okay, so you... S- Go ahead. You do yours. Jeunesse is... Um, tell me if you don't want to go here. Sure. But Janice <laughs> is 
in a not unusual situation where her husband was also LDS mm -hmm. and that she comes to this new understanding and the husband's not quite there yet. Right, so um, all, all encounters with my darling husband, um, I just want him to have experienced what I've experienced, this amazing freedom in Christ, this grace so freely given, and this assurance of eternal life that is at the heart of what I was seeking for before. Mm. Yes. Yeah. To know, mm -hmm. to know to that I belong to God forever is so incomparable to any other assurance. And so, um, Everything, every encounter, it comes from that desire um, to be on the same page and, and for him to be able to have that same joy and that same freedom and that same gift. Um, and not all encounters have been um, pleasant, um, but God has given me grace for every moment. I can fully attest to that, that I have been carried. I, I really have. Um, and... Right now, uh, just trying to live the gospel and be evidence of God in me um, through who I am. And I have to have nothing but compassion for him because that was me not too we many months ago. There. Right. Yeah. And so um, I think the emphasis really is the word because. As Paul says in his letter to Titus, it's the word which regenerates and renews. And yes, um, as much as we can, um, just going back, going back to the word. Um, but yeah, if you'll take a moment to pray for my husband, that's amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. So, how has God changed you, even maybe in relationship to your husband, as you as you look back? And you, because the gospel is a transformative power. Very. The gospel radically changes the trajectory of our lives and even, especially how we relate in terms of our relationships. So, mm -hmm. how have you, what have you seen in terms of your life and that transformation? Um, I feel like it's a completely new heart, new spirit. The same God who spoke into the darkness and said, Let there be light, let there be a new creation, a new universe. I, I know he spoke into my heart and said, let there be light. I have a new heart, a new spirit. It's a new creation, as much a miracle as the original creation itself. I fully believe that. I admit I've worried at times, does it show on the outside? Because the flesh is still fallen. Right. <laughs> and so there's still this sanctification process. And, um, and I know that God will finish that good work in me that he began. But um, I do hope that it shows in my interaction that I can be Christ-like and show grace and show love. Um, not perfect by any means, and I've definitely nope. lost my patience. <laughs> and um, I am just grateful that the Bible says that God loves those whom he chastens because there's definitely been some rebuking. You know, shouldn't have said that. You can be kinder about that. And focus on Jesus. Cool. 
I love how patient you've been, right, in your relationships around you because sometimes once our eyes are open, we get impatient with others, right? And sometimes I feel impatient, <laughs> but if I'm patient, it's I'm sure by the grace of God. Well, and it's step by step for yes. all of us, so... And and you're right, there's such a urgency, right? Like, I yeah. want... I want everyone to be saved. I want everyone to know and love the biblical Jesus like never before. And um, I just pray that God will work through me and be able to plant seeds and open hearts and minds. And we'll, we'll see what God can do. Absolutely. Have you seen some of that yet? Are there people around you that might have been questioning their LDS faith that have asked you, what happened to you? Not yet. That's it's early. Right. So. Yeah, I was going to say. You caught so... me fresh out of the waters of baptism. So. Oh, really? How long did you get baptized? I got baptized um, five months ago. Okay. That's right. Wow. That's right. That so and your husband cool. was there, right? My husband was there, yes. I do seem to remember that. That's good. Wow. So you said sixth generation. Mm -hmm. So what has happened with your other extended family relationships? Well, unfortunately, Mormonism paints such a specific picture that the only possibility is they're right and I'm wrong. And the only way I can have found my way out of the church is through deception. So in their eyes, unfortunately, I belong to the devil. So You've been deceived. I've been deceived. I had one of them ask me which sin I committed before I was deceived. Um, yeah. I've had one accuse me of being out of the church for five to six years as opposed to months. So... Um, wow. Lots of accusations, but um, one thing that really stood out in um, Pastor John's sermon last week, he's currently preaching through Titus, um, he quotes a scripture that basically says people will try to say things about you, but it's not true. It won't hold. They'll make things up, but it won't stick. And so um, I'm clinging to that in the yes. moment. And I, I know that my life won't bear out any evidence that I belong to the devil. So they're going to have to reconsider that at right. a later date. And It is a shock, I think, for many Mormons to see things like answers to prayer, mm -hmm. spiritual experiences Miracles. like you described outside of the one true church how can that be possible mm -hmm. right? right that's really impactful sometimes for them to hear those kind of stories they'll say to me i i didn't know that existed outside of the mormon church right but unfortunately they've made it so exclusive that nothing else can possibly be true and so um in fact, at their recent general conference, um, they're kind—they're kind of um, telling them why people are leaving. And the thing that was said at this recent general conference was, "Oh, well, if they've left, it's because they never really believed in the first place." Mm. 
So people say that to me, right? And yet, in order to get hired at Brigham Young University, my testimony had to be vetted by a general authority. So I went into a general authority's office with all the security, (laughs) and they deemed that my testimony indeed was such that I could be an example to other women in the church at BYU. And so people say that to me, and then I'll say, so was that general authority not able to discern that I didn't have a testimony? Because I really thought I did of Mormonism, right? Yeah, and there was, in my mind, no doubt of my testimony from growing up in it and and everything until that confrontation with the Holy Spirit. Wow. Well, thank you so much. We're like at time. That's so fast. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Janice, so much for sharing. And it, I mean, it's true. I'm eventually, hopefully we'll have this up on YouTube, but for our listeners, I wish you could see Janessa's face because her face mirrors the peace and the Mm. joy and the calm and the tranquility Mm. that only comes from the Holy Spirit of God, even though Mm. she's in right now a marriage where her husband isn't believing. I'm sure there's Mm. been a certain amount of cutting off by the family, certainly. And yet... The peace of God, right, and in only a matter of months. So I say that because if you're listening to her and thinking she sounds calm and peaceful, she really is. It shows, and that's and that's the grace of of God. Yeah, a peace unlike anything ever. Um, Just knowing that Jesus holds me in the palm of His hand, it's enough. No one can snatch you out of His hand. Ever. <laughs> well, we will be in prayer for you and your thank husband you. and your family. Yeah. But thank it's you new, for sharing. It's new, but I hope it gives hope. But we, we give him all the glory. Amen. All glory to God. Well, thanks for being with us on another Unveiling Grace podcast episode. Oh, grace and peace. Until next time. So long. Thank you for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. Join us next time for another conversation devoted to helping your life and relationships flourish. As always, you can find show notes, program transcripts, and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. For a limited time, we are offering the Wilder's book, Seven Reasons We Left Mormonism, for a donation of any amount. Go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the free book button to request yours. We greatly appreciate your support for the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals.